What's up, Gang Cop Nation? Tashawn Wanna make a hit checking in, and you're about to hear the show presented by Express Suns Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. I'll watch him celebrate now! Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. Greetings and good morning and welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks, this show live from the Sinorama Columbia studios and very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Sinorama is the preferred sign partner of the Gamecocks. If you've been to Founders Park, williams Bryce Stadium, Colonial Life Arena, and pretty much anywhere on campus, you have seen their work and it is excellent. And that's why the University of South Carolina hires them to do every single thing they need when it comes to signage if you need it for your office your job your vehicle your home your baseball field pretty much anything that could possibly use a sign maybe even it's just a couple of banners that need to hang or a couple of tablecloths that will go over a couple of tables they can do all of that they are excellent at everything that they do from design production and install all the way through service which as we sometimes have found out the hard way is for whatever reason the hardest part for people to figure out how to do uh, Sinorama in Columbia, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, uh, South Carolina owned and operated, and we're had to, glad to have them here as well. JC, JB, and Phil until one o'clock. Kip bought night up in just a couple of minutes, and Clemson and Carolina will get ready to rock and roll. Hopefully, uh, tomorrow night in baseball. I did check in in Columbia this morning, they have not had any word from the upstate yet, but it is supposed to be raining all day today and all day tomorrow, so at the very least, uh, it might get pushed back. But we'll just wait and see on that. Uh, before we get to Kip, my daughters are in school, so they don't hear this, so this is going into dead air, at least as it comes to their ears. Uh, but it is their fourth birthday today, and we're very proud of Hannah and Riley. So happy birthday to my little girls. I'm sure that they'll want to come back and watch this later, and they'll be happy we said their name on TV. Uh, so uh, that'll, be, that'll be pretty cool, certainly. But uh, what's up, guys? Oh, doing well. Happy birthday, Hannah and Riley. Yep. Yeah. Happy yeah, birthday they're... to the twins. That's they right. have no idea what's coming for them tomorrow. 
Yeah, yeah there's a lot of yeah. They share a birthday with John Bon Jovi, Luke Combs, Mikhail Gorbachev, Tua Tagovailoa, Reggie Bush, Desi Arnaz, Lou Reed, mm-hmm. and Ben Roethlisberger, and wow. Dr. Seuss. Oh, Theodore Geisel. My app failed me for not mentioning Dr. Seuss. Ah, yeah, they probably yeah. na- they probably had his real name, and I, they didn't say, like, Dr. Seuss. Come to yeah. think of it, I think they did. What was his name? Spitzel or something? Geisel. I don't remember Theodore Geisel. Yeah, guys, yeah. yeah, Theodore Geisel. I, I missed that. Didn't somebody try to cancel Dr. Seuss not too long ago for some reason? I'm sure it's been, yeah, recently. <laughs> you the have latest a- one. You haven't made it unless someone's tried to cancel you yet. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, if you've been... <laughs> If someone's tried to cancel you, you've uh, you've well, arrived. You're probably boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I got I almost got I almost got canceled one day for uh, calling somebody a pansy for uh, <laughs> right. not liking Frank Martin or, or saying something about Frank Martin. I was on Twitter one day about three or four years ago. I had to go back and delete everything though because apparently that's a that's an un, uh, unappreciated word, pansy. You know, I didn't. Think, I didn't think it was that bad. I, I, I didn't either. This is the closest they've come to canceling yours yeah. truly. But I'm sure I'll say something at some point. I got called we'll, a pansy we'll plenty me. playing baseball. I mean, you know, maybe, <laughs> I got called worse than that playing every yeah, sport. I, you know, absolutely right. I, you know, that that made me work harder. I mean, I when I was in the North South game in Myrtle Beach, I had a coach call me a pansy. <laughs> I had played for him for like three days. I was like, well, all right, you know, here we go. Yeah, I was um, oh well. But, uh, it is what it is. Well, this she guy is it. not a pansy. He was a gold no. Spikes Award winner at South Carolina, and he's now one of the great voices of Gamecock baseball, Kip Botnight, who knows a thing or two about beating the Clemson Tigers. I'm sure he'd love to grab a ball and go out there and pitch this weekend. If the old right arm would hold up, Kip. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, you'll be watching all 27 innings. That's for sure. What's up, man? All right, guys. How y'all doing? Oh man, we're doing, we're doing good. Fine. I was gonna. I was. I. I walked upstairs on Saturday, uh, probably maybe an hour, maybe a little less before the game, and I was gonna pop in. I was gonna say hello, but the door was shut, and I learned the hard way up there one time. You don't open the door when it's shut. <laughs> Well, I can assure you, you can open it up anytime. It'll be no problem. We'd love to see you. Up there, I know, man. I, I just yeah, hey, uh, happy birthday to Hannah and Riley. That's awesome. Four years old. That's pretty cool. How, how old are your kids? They're nine and 11. Oh, yeah. yeah, they are nine and 11. And yeah. uh, they're playing every sport, baseball, basketball, football, golf in the summer. They're loving wow. life. They even uh, play the piano, play the guitar. They're uh, wow. doing it all. Yeah, talented. Isn't that the best? You have them do yes. everything and let them figure out what they want to do. Absolutely, because you know, I mean, you're, it's just like it, it relates to anything. I mean, if you if you're more times than not, if you're going to be a college athlete, you're born that way. And you know, if 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 they really want to be good at something, they got to enjoy it. And uh, you know, that's what I tell all the parents that I talk to, that I coach kids, or even just you know, business owners that I work with on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I give them advice on that too. And, you know, they, they if, if they want to make it at a high level, they're going to be working a heck of a lot and working really hard at it. So they need to love it first. And you see yep. too many kids get burnt out playing one sport. That's their parents' fault. Yeah. Yes, uh, it is. And I mean, there's no other way around that. It's their That's parents' right. fault. It's not That's their, right. It's not theirs. I mean, it's a joke what some of these people think they're doing to their kids. But as for another day, Kip, I know this: Carolina's nine and zero, and you know the last few games, I, 
you could you could say haven't filled up the stat sheet offensively uh, the way they have in the first few games. But they're nine and zero, and they're going to go to Clemson. You know, they might uh, hopefully they'll get the game in tomorrow. Um, feeling pretty good about themselves, Kip. So just we we haven't had you on since uh, opening day. So that means they played nine games since yeah. you've last been here with us. So walk us through what you've seen the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, so far, um, really all facets of the game have been uh, much, much better than we've seen over the last several seasons, especially last year. And, um, you know, I was with a client yesterday in Sumter, and we were talking about his huge Gamecock fan. And, you know, he's just asking about the pitch and, like, where these guys came from. And I'm like, well – there was a lot of them that were injured last year and there were some that obviously have come back and had a chance yesterday to, to watch a little bit of practice and talking to Justin Parker and Scott Wingo. My kids are taking hitting lessons from him. So that's pretty cool. But it's, um, you know, they, for me, going back to the Sunday game against Penn guys, um, that to me told me everything I need to know about this team. I know that they haven't been tested in the SEC yet. Obviously, Clemson a rivalry series is a always a big t- test and a tough matchup. But they played like crap on Sunday. They they had three errors. Um, they they pitched well at times. They pitched good enough. But most importantly. A sign of a good team is one that's able to win without their best stuff. A sign of a good pitcher is when you can win without your best stuff. And we saw that Sunday against Penn, and Penn was a very, very good baseball team. I mean, that they they had five or six arms that, quite frankly, uh, could have been in the top three or four pitchers for South Carolina last year. I mean, they they had some really, really good arms. And having said that, I agree that there's been a little bit of a struggle the last couple games. Runner, hitting with runners in scoring position hasn't been great. They haven't executed with runners on third base, less than two outs. But, again, if you can win anyway and do that when you're when you're not at your best, because, listen, let's face it, we know baseball, it, it's hard to win every game. Just like this series, everybody's like, oh, we should sweep Clemson. They've lost four in a row. Sweeping any team is difficult. You know, if this team, if South Carolina goes out and wins two out of three, I think it's a, a, a success for them. I think that's great. Obviously, on paper and what I've seen, with our pitching staff and as deep as it is, it's as good as I've seen in a long time. And uh, w- when you can do that and pitch like they're pitching and not walking guys, we only have – we have the second most walks of any SEC team right now through nine games. So we're we're pitching to contact. We're trusting our stuff. We're throwing strikes, and um, and we're hitting the ball out of the ballpark as well. And that's helped. <laughs> well, yeah, it helps when it leaves the yard. There's no doubt about that. I, I, I think Kip. You know, before the season, uh, from the from the standpoint of the pitching staff, one of the things that we we knew that they were going to throw out really good arms uh, on the weekends when it when it came to to starters and. Well, hell, we knew they were going to throw out good arms in the midweek. I mean, they had starters, but kind of wanted to see where they would go with uh, the back end. And so it was – I thought it was really interesting last weekend because they had multiple save opportunities, and they were three for three in doing that with two different guys. Chris Beach, who I had no clue was going to come out of the bullpen once, only twice, and then then Matthew Becker – 
Um, so what would you make of those guys and, w- and what you've seen out of their stuff and, and what it takes to be a closer in their early opportunities? Well, it's interesting. Veach is a two-way guy, a transfer, um, and he closed. So he's used to that role. Uh, he's been very impressive and really good against lefties as well. And Matthew Becker, uh, his command of his pitches are much better. We saw him last year, and when his command was on, he was as good as anybody. I mean, I, I yeah. if his command is there – He's a Friday night starter. I mean, he's got that good of stuff, and he competes. The biggest thing I've seen is just the the command with these guys, up top to bottom. I think the one guy that struggled a little bit is Nick Proctor, and it's just been his command. He's just made a couple bad pitches. Uh, he's gotten behind in the count a little bit. He throws that those two. You know, he's he's got that low arm slot and throws a little frisbee up there, and he's he's hung it a couple times, and he he's paid for it, but. You know, Austin Williamson was a guy that I really thought was going to come in on Tuesday, but right before the game, Justin Parker found out he was a little bit tender, so uh, they didn't want to push him. So, I mean, that that game could have been a lot different if Austin Williamson was around. And I just like how they're using the the, the pitchers. And uh, the the biggest thing is these guys have the stuff, but you got to command your pitches, and they're they're getting a lot of easy outs, and they're getting – quick and early contact uh even on o2 i'm seeing you know i used to see a lot of guys almost uh pitch a little bit passive in o2 and they would end up it's a two two or three two count every single time i'm seeing o2 ground outs to shortstop o2 pop-ups and and justin parker he's like i'm not concerned about strikeouts i want outs i want guys to be able to pitch deep in the game and you saw a gym on Saturday, Noah Hall pitched eight shutout innings. Oh. I mean, and, and to me, his ability, there were two times in that game, there was an error at second base, and then there was also a questionable call by the umpire and a little bit of chatter going on in the dugout. And I just watched it from up top, and I, and I knew, you know, and it, Justin Parker confirmed it. He said he turned it on. He turned it to another level. He's like, all right, you're going to do that? That's fine. I'm going to get these next two guys. And he, he's just able to, to take it to another level. And and that's special. And, uh, you know, that's why I still, you know, Sanders on Friday for me is, uh, you know, not my choice, but obviously I don't make those decisions. I think, you know, Sanders is uh, – he, he's just got to work on his ability to be able to make in-game adjustments. And he's got to get his fastball down in the strike zone. When he's pitching up, he just uh, – it makes his 95 – it's it's not hard to hit and you know he gave up 14 home runs last year and that's a concern for me and it's kind of amazing to think that that's a concern a will sanders a guy that everybody thinks is going to be a first rounder but um there's more to it than just being a first rounder you got to be able to pitch and make adjustments and uh you know he's just got to work on that but he did look much better in his second start Totally agree. Kip, uh, Ethan Petrie is a true freshman. He's playing high school last year. 462, five homers, 13 RBIs. You know, I fought kind of in mop-up or, or reserve duty the first couple of games. He, he, he looked like he's swinging the bat pretty well. Uh, he's a starter now. Has uh, this surprised you at all? No. Uh, you know, I knew coming in that he, he had a good fall. They were very impressed with him. It was just a matter of – you know, when the, when the lights cut on and can he handle just, you know, playing in big-time games, I think this will be a big test for him this weekend against Clemson. Uh, yeah. The key moment for me and Petri, what, what really 
has has made me feel really confident about him moving forward is I don't know if you saw it, but he got hit in the game Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. You could tell uh, against Penn, they're, they're, what they were looking to do is pitch inside against us. And I think that anytime you're facing a good hitting ball club, you've got to throw in for strikes and you've got to throw in for effect. And they got tired of seeing what he could do. I mean, they, he can hammer the baseball and drive it. And they went in, up and in on him. They moved his feet. He luckily got out of the way, and then two pitches later, he got hammered and got hit. And then after that, the next two at-bats, he struck out. He swung and missed two or three times on pitches that we've seen him drive the other way. We've seen him drive it and pull it out of the ballpark or pull it in the left center for a double. So I was a little concerned there because that sometimes can be the start of a slump. But he made an adjustment on Tuesday. He got a couple hits, and it looked much better in the batter's box. So – yeah, he's uh, he's certainly not – his at-bats are not lo- looking like a freshman right now. We're certainly going to get into the series in just a minute, but I do – I have a couple of other guys I want to ask you about. Just see what your eyes have seen with him. Hornig, I'll ask about second. Not really concerned about him. He's just off to a slow start, as we know. But Caleb Denny, I, so I think this guy has kind of – I don't want to say flown under the radar, Kip. I mean, for God's sakes, he's hitting 430. Uh, through nine games on the season but you know everybody you know like I'm not picking on you JC you're everybody's doing it talking about the freshman Petri what's going on with Hornung um, you know some of the balls that are flying out of the yard they want to talk about those guys haven't heard a lot of questions about Caleb Denny when I was upstairs last week I was talking to David Cloninger and I mentioned to Cloninger I said look you know these are the first two dimes I've seen him Friday night and today in person but uh, understanding the game and, and watching him hit, I mentioned to DC, I said, he, he's got the makings of a professional hitter. Um, you watch how he steps in the box, how he approaches it, his swing. I mean, it's all there. And, and, and you've, you've thrown against professionals in, in pro ball. And, and I wanted to get your thoughts on what you see from this young man early in the season. I like him a lot, uh, and I agree with you actually completely. Right now, the only hole I see for him is fastballs in. Mm-hmm. He's pulled a couple hard foul for home runs, and he's kind of hooking the ball, getting around it a little bit. He likes the ball out over the plate. He drives the ball well the other way. Uh, his approach, I, I couldn't agree with you more, looks very professional, looks very confident in the batter's box doesn't really chase a lot of bad pitches. Um, he's chased a couple up that, uh, you know, anytime a, a lift fastball, that's a tough one to lay off of. But, um, you know, there's a lot of professional hitters that get into professional baseball. And if you can execute execute a good fastball in, it's going to be tough for him. So, I mean, that that's certainly not a, a – a knock on him it's just something and an adjustment he'll have to make moving forward but he does look good how about horning what do you see yeah horning for me um i was a little bit disappointed that that he hasn't gotten as many at bats here of late you know horning was a guy that uh, i mean kingston the whole staff i mean they were just high on big time because this fall and spring was so well he has one of the best, if not the best, swing on that team. I watched him yesterday taking some live um, at-bats against some guys that didn't get much work this past weekend. And, I mean, he is just looks very hitterish, can eat, can hit for a ton of power. I think that 
I think his bat at his bat for me is very crucial for South Carolina's success. They need him to be really good this year. And uh, you know, right now, uh, with, with with looking at Stone and Center and 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 um, Tippett out there and Brewer, I mean, it's uh, it's it's one thing to have great defense and you want to have that, but you got to have a little bit of offensive production. Yeah. And um, you know, if Hornung's out, and then you have you know what they got going on now in center it's it, it makes it a little bit tough because uh but there's a lot of guys in that lineup that are that are hitting the ball extremely well i've been really impressed Lacroix has looked really good at third i felt like there's some some balls he's made plays to his left that and i love kevin madden i think kevin madden played a very solid third base and i think madden's a guy that could sneak back in the lineup at some time because i think he has a good approach up there but LaCroix played really well at third, and he's hit the ball the other way really well as, as well this season. All right, Kip. Here we go. So oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just asking about the series this weekend. We had a little debate yes. yesterday because the game may get rained out Friday. Uh, Carolina's obviously got some advantages with the arms they bring to this series. Uh, would having a two-game series uh, – would that benefit Carolina or, or would it benefit Clemson? Because then Clemson's not running out of pitching maybe uh, as quickly. And would that negate the advantage in your opinion? We kind of went back and forth about it yesterday. So I wanted to ask you. Yeah, I think it, um, I think you could look at it both ways from a depth perspective. I think it could easily benefit Clemson, but you know, it also could benefit South Carolina because if they, you know, get what they need out of their starters, or if they don't, they've got a lot more depth. They could pitch five guys on both days and and be perfectly yeah. fine. Um, you know, I you know I think for for South Carolina, for me, if they again shut out that outside noise, uh, play with the chip on their shoulder. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I believe it was um, gosh, his name's left me. Oh, Jonathan French on. I think it was either Saturday or Sunday. It may have been Sunday when he got hit by a pitch. And South Carolina's been getting hit a ton, 33 hit batters, I think, already this season. I mean, he, his celebration was like he just had a walk-off bomb or something. I mean, he went nuts. He got he got all pumped up and excited. And me and Wingo were laughing about it yesterday. And I'm like, I mean, what is that? And he's just like, he just freaking loves to play the game and he wants to win. And I'm like, you know, that's music to my ears because – that to me has been one of the biggest missing links of this ball club for a long time. And if they're playing hungry and playing a little bit pissed off and playing, you know, with a chip on their shoulder, who cares about if it's two games or three games or who they're playing, they need to believe that they can go out and beat anybody. Cause what I've seen so far, again, it's going to match up to a lot of really good teams across the country because their pitching staff has, has been extremely, extremely, um electric this season this this series i thought that was funny too um you know when when wingo's in the dugout you should just expect that people are going to get plunked um so kip you know everything there is to know about this series and now there have been some firsts because when you were playing and well pretty much everybody ever had that's played in this series you very rarely had dudes in your uniform that used to wear the one on the other side of the field 
Uh, that that I I just I I just continue to think, boy, that's a no no. But yeah. um, but there's three of them here, including Monty. I guess you could say four. Uh, but Monty was here before. Anyways, you get my point. Um, it, d- describe this series as a player when when you step out there. You know, in Doug Kingsmore Stadium. I know you never played at Founders, but when you're at home in front of our ballpark. Uh, the neutral site, all of it, you know, just trying to encompass the entire series into into your description. You know, how how would you do so, and and where would you put this series nationally when it comes to to the best? Well, you know, I think for a long time, uh, over the last gosh twenty years, I think it, it's probably been the best. With South Carolina struggling over the last four or five years, Clemson not as not doing as well either. It's probably dropped down from a national perspective, uh, some would say. But it's just like for football. For me, as a former Gamecock player, I still want to see Clemson be in the top 15, top 20 as a baseball program in South Carolina. That makes a great national rivalry. It makes uh, it as good as any anybody in the business. So uh, getting an opportunity to play against that, I mean, obviously coming from South Carolina – being a local guy, being a Gamecock my whole life, it meant the world to me and still does. There's nothing better in life than beating Clemson. And, you know, it's – it's it's um, but when you get in between the lines, you have to stay focused. You have to be able to uh, calm your nerves. You have to be able to calm your uh, – just your uh, your overall demeanor and be able to stay in the moment. And, and I think Mark Kingston will do a good job with the guys for that. You know, sometimes getting two up can be can be a concern, but uh, it's really not for me right now with watching this team because, again, uh, just everything I'm seeing, even from just advancing on balls in the dirt, going from first to third on balls to the outfield, I mean, they're just playing the game the right way. So if you do that all the time, and and you know it's expected of you. It's it's not just another game. Don't get me wrong. But when you get in between the lines, you just go out and play. Obviously, there's going to be higher emotions, which is you know sometimes can elevate guys and make them play even better. Sometimes it can cause guys to put pressure on themselves and they don't play as well. So they just have to know what makes them good, and that's something that the staff is certainly going to have to be able to to monitor throughout the series. And I'm sure they've talked about that in practice. How many times you beat them? Every time. I'm not sure exactly how many, yeah. but uh, I knew the answer to that yeah. question. That was a trick question. <laughs> I I be- them, but uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Had a lot of good help. No, I know. Yeah. You, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of dudes on that team that could play. Yep. Well, I sure hope they can figure a way to get it done this weekend. We know they'll at least get two in. Uh, hopefully, they can get three. I've got a feeling they'll get tomorrow's game in, but it's going to be kicked a little bit, maybe an hour or two, Kip, um, with all the rain coming up there. So, nonetheless, you're calling the Sunday game, right? Yep, calling the Sunday game. Excited okay. about it. So, if Derek is back in the booth and Tommy's in the booth on Sunday, why can't we have a three-man crew on TV? You I, get, Come on. Originally, I thought it was supposed to be me and Drew Meyer and uh, Dave Weinstein, uh, which I thought think would be great. Um, I um, you got to get Lake in there too, though. Yeah, and I mean, I you know, and if Coach Lake, I'm trying to remember. I talked to him after the game Tuesday. I don't think there's basketball Sunday. 
No. So he could. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna make that request because having Coach yeah. Lakey there would be awesome too. Or, or you just, uh, just dress him up and put him down on the field like a sideline reporter. Yeah, that you know? would be great. Would hey, be Mark, great. what was? What, why'd you, why'd you call a bunt there in the fourth inning? I'm sure that'd be, a, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kip, thank you, man. I know we kept you a long time and, and we got you out of your day job for a little while, but uh, all good. Appreciate everything you do for everybody when it comes to uh, the game of baseball, certainly Gamecock baseball, and uh, especially here. Uh, really appreciate your insight, and go get them this weekend. Yeah, thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Go Gamecocks. Thank thanks, you. Kip. There you go. Kip Vaultnight, the best right-hander ever at the University of South Carolina. Uh, we do need to hit a timeout. I agree with Craig. Shout-out to his cousin, Nick, who beat Clemson twice. Nick was my roommate when he beat Clemson twice. We celebrated those wins very loudly on Wednesday nights back then when we used to play. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And Kip, correct? They all beat Clemson. They'll do it again this weekend. When we come back, Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up show will pop in as well. More of this. Shane Beamer's meeting with the media. And he does have a couple of little nuggets out there on a couple of players that will miss spring practice due to some surgeries. So we'll pass that along to you as well. So everybody hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks brought to you by Express Sunrooms. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper and they offer pressure washing find them on facebook or call 803-522-6832 a couple of painters proud partners of inside the gamecocks the show are you sick and tired of your business computer guy yes he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests yeah same here i'm paying him good money i constantly have issues and i'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fees low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? 1001 is Matt's contact number. 
Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All-American shortstop Drew Meyer, and you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662, to set up a no-obligation consultation to talk about a potential outdoor retreat for your backyard. And the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Bank of Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271, and she will be happy to talk to you about all of your upstate residential real estate needs. Joining us now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line, none other than our high energy friend, Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Morning, Chris. Good to see you. Good morning, boys. Phil, JC, JB, what a busy time it is with Shane Beamer currently at the podium. And we got spring ball around the corner and the best rivalry in college baseball on deck. And Gamecocks women's golf winning a tournament and softball's rolling and Men's basketball season's almost over, and women's basketball's about to win a, win a ring. So, a lot of, lot of positives happening. Yeah, it feels good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Really excited to chat today. Yeah, yeah. just some news out of that press conference. Yeah, um, no word on the suspended players. Uh, Beamer said it's going to be a while. That's the word I've been getting. Uh, Taka Hemingway, I kind of knew about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Taka Hemingway, Kaysen Henry, Mo Kaba, Jordan Strawn, which we knew about, David Spalding, all will either be severely limited or not participating in spring practice. Um, and that's uh, that was kind of the extent of what I got hard news-wise. But, uh, you know, every year you're going to have um, guys that miss spring ball. And, and with these five in particular, because I, I, I sort of think Kaysen Henry could, could fight for a spot this year, if not this year, next year, certainly. Uh, but all th- the other four key guys on the defense, mm. and you want those guys healthy by the time it gets real, uh, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't want to push guys in spring ball, especially a guy like Tonka, who we know what he can do, Mo Cobble when he's healthy. Guys that you know when they're healthy, what they can do. So, yeah, I think it makes sense. I mean, spring ball, it's an exciting time. I mean, I know it's a time where you hammer down the fundamentals and you kind of reinstall. And certainly it'll be a big, big spring for South Carolina with – with Dowell Loggins, you know, I, I know Trey Knox this morning was quoted as saying, and I don't want to misquote him here, he says, quote, we're going to go really fast and try to tire out defenses. And it was funny because Shane Beamer and his and his uh, availability was saying, yeah, that's that's news to me. I hadn't talked to Trey or Dowell yeah. about that. But uh, <laughs> now it'll be interesting. You know, Beamer had said they're obviously going to keep some things from last year they like. They're going to install some new things. So, um, y- you know, he was asked about, you know, you're going to add probably more guys in the portal when it opens up. How much do you install right now? And they've obviously got to have a playbook to present to the players and have something to install. But obviously, guys, you know, it's a lot of fundamentals. You know, you go to the spring game. It's, it's nothing too crazy. It's just kind of getting the basics down. But still, you know, it's exciting. A football program with tons of momentum and you add tons of new faces through the portal and and true freshmen. And obviously, you mentioned, J.C., unfortunate about the three guys that uh, – 
you know, I'm not going to draw any conclusions, but I'd say it's more than likely their careers at South Carolina. It's it's probably a bleak outlook, unfortunately. But uh, either way, we'll see what happens. I think he said it, it's a it's kind of a university issue at this point, sort of even out of his hands. But uh, it's always exciting oh, yeah. when you get another spring going, and yeah, looking forward to it. I would say it's ominous. Yeah. Uh, that would be <laughs> yeah. my word, ominous. Like yeah. kind of like, but hey, sometimes I look at the sky and it's ominous. <laughs> and it doesn't rain, and I get to finish cooking yeah. my steak. So you never know. I, mean, I do think there is some, a wind, a, a window, but it does. When you talk to people, you know, nobody's like counting no. on those guys right now. Nobody's Nor should they. Nobody. I mean, somebody that's, you know, that's out of the program right now. So um, yeah. So I'll turn it over to JB. Oh, that's me. Oh, hey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. It didn't. It didn't. Doesn't look good. So we'll, we'll, I mean, Shane Beamer's exact words on that as we turn the attention to baseball here. Quote, don't anticipate them being back with us at any point in the near future, I'll say. So that uh, that's more than Shane usually says, and that says a lot. All right, Chris, it's Clemson and Carolina this weekend. Uh, they're scheduled to go at 6 tomorrow at Doug Kingsmore Stadium, but uh, whether it's raining there now and it's going to rain all day, and all day tomorrow, and it's actually expected to clear up either right before or right around first pitch, which would mean they would not be able to throw the first pitch at six o'clock. They're gonna, it would take some time to get things ready to go. So we'll see, uh, if they can get it in tomorrow night or not. Um, nonetheless, though, uh, you know, they're, they're coming in finding ways to, they blew everybody out, the Gamecocks did, and then they've, they've had to find ways to win the last few games. So for a roster, especially a starting lineup that's all really pretty new, you know, playing together and trying to figure all this stuff out. I'd say that that's all really good for a baseball mm -hmm. team early in the season. Then you look in the upstate, and they've lost four in a row coming in, but I, this is what I'll tee you up with. <coughs> None of that crap matters when you get to this series. <laughs> yeah, the best rivalry in college baseball, man. I mean, you think of the history, the tradition, the two teams meeting in Omaha. I mean, it really just speaks for itself. You know what I mean? I know that the – Maybe over the last couple of years, nationally, it's lost some luster because the two programs haven't been quite. I mean, I know, JB, and all you guys, you recall, uh, you know, I remember the days of like one versus two, and it was always a top five matchup, Tanner versus Leggett. I mean, those legendary teams. And again, 02 in Omaha, 2010 in Omaha. I mean, it was just great baseball every year. And it was one of those series that kind of shaped the season for each squad. But uh, no, it's interesting, right? You, you look at South Carolina, JV specifically, because I think you make a great point. You know, you sit here 9-0, and but it's two very different weekends the way you got to uh, the series sweep, if you will. But I think there's a lot of value, right? There's value in winning 19-3 to and, and scoring 49 runs every weekend and winning comfortably. There's also a lot of value in winning a one nothing ball game, winning 6-5, to winning a game in which you have to come back and fight adversity and, hey, you have to defy the odds of leaving 19 runners stranded and going 0 for 7 with the bases loaded and like finding ways to win you know we always talk with Gamecocks baseball win anyway so there's value in that fighting adversity so there won't be any like unexpected adversity I would say you're going to run into this weekend obviously it's going to be different the pressure is different when you talk about this series and this rivalry and the tension if you will and it feels like a, a super regional atmosphere uh, the struggles that the Tigers have had, you know, I, I didn't think they were going to be a very good ball club this year. You know, we talked with Mike Rooney at D1 Baseball yesterday, which is featured on our podcast today. And, you know, he just mentioned the roster and that they're really behind. And I, I believe Backich is a good coach. I think he's going to have a lot of success there. I, I commended. I commended those guys for making that hire when they first got him coming over from Michigan. He did great things with the Wolverines. And you go to a place, um, 
you know, like a Clemson that has all the resources and tradition and history in baseball. So I think he's going to have a lot of success, but the roster this year is just not there. Um, but the struggles they've had, I don't know that I saw that coming. Getting swept at home by UCF. And then USC Upstate, who, by the way, let's give a lot of credit. They're a good ball club. I think that's going to be a hell of a battle next week for South Carolina when they play them on Wednesday. But, uh, you know, losing four in a row, it's really a tale of two programs right now, now a tale of two fan bases, right? It's almost It almost makes you a little bit weary because it's like all the Gamecock fans I've talked to, they are just banking on a sweep. You know, I've talked with Tigers fans, and they're like, we'd be lucky to win a game. And it, it's just like a – you know, you, you like it, but at the same time, you're like, it feels too easy. You know what I mean? And normally when it's too easy, it is. But uh, I think there's a reason, you know, South Carolina, we should be coming in confident. And again, the Gamecocks have shown different ways to win. I think the approach is obviously much, much better early on in this season, even with some of the struggles, runners in scoring position. Give that Penn team a lot of credit. They rolled out some dudes, yeah. especially on Sunday. I mean, your starting pitcher for Penn's throwing 95. I don't know if I saw that coming. You know what I mean? They had some studs on the right. bump. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the Gamecocks, the whole on paper, they're the better team. They should expect to win the series. A series sweep would be incredible. And I think if you get the first two, I like your chances at Founders Park on Sunday. But, uh, again, JB, as you mentioned, the records just really don't matter. You know, I know we say that about football and other sports, but in baseball it's just so true, yeah. right? Because anybody can get hot, get cold, and – uh, you know, it'll come down to the little things this weekend. You know, who can perform under pressure, uh, leadoff walks, two-out walks, you know, being clean in the field, you know, elite pitching, timely hitting. It'll come down to those things. And, you know, like every other year, I think it'll just be an electric series all three games. Well, and, I, and I'll say this, too. You, you, you've got something a lot different this year that has not been getting talked about. I have not given it much public attention because we'll just kind of wait and see what happens. There's four people who are in – the home dugout last year who tomorrow night are going to be in the visitors dugout. <laughs> and you know, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to put on boxing gloves and run out and beat each yeah. other up. That's not what I'm saying, but there's always one Jack leg, literally sometimes who, <laughs> who, who says he, he's in the dugout again too, by the way, he, he, he is, yeah, he is. He can pull out the bat warmers. Uh, but, there, <laughs> but there's, there's always somebody who says something stupid. It happens. And, and, yeah. and, Guys, we, we've seen this game change a lot from, from when I played. You know, back when I played, uh, you know, if you pumped your fist and you yelled at the other dugout when you walked off the field, you got hit in the head when you came up to the plate. So, like, you know, they don't do that anymore. But when you – but there's a lot of that that goes on. You know, like Smoke texted me the other day, and, you know, there was somebody on our team. He's like, look, I know he's our guy. I don't like it. Let's see if he chirps like that when they're playing LSU and not Penn. Mm -hmm. You know, so like there, there's going to be, a, there's always emotion in this game, this series. And now you got emotion with former teammates and former mm -hmm. coaches. So I, I, that's going to be something to watch here. And don't say anything you're going to regret, Chris, because you might owe Clemson an apology. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. You know, I, I'll say this, though. I'm not sure. I thought it would be a bigger storyline, I think, coming into the week because I'm just not sure. You know, Ricky Williams, unfortunately, out for the year. I don't really know how much Brewer and French are going to play. Um, I know Brewer's fighting for a spot in that crowded outfield. And, you know, I could see French getting a couple pinch hit appearances, but realistically, I think Messina is going to be behind the dish. And I will say this credit to French. He's done really well when he's when he's gotten his opportunity. So, again, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a couple of at-bats. But, you know, I, I think when those guys first came over, we were thinking maybe those guys are everyday guys, they're starters. And, you know, so – but baseball is a funny game, right, JB? Like, we, we could get to Saturday and it's bases loaded, two outs, three-two count, and Jonathan French is up with a chance and a one-run game to take the lead. Like, you just never know. Baseball's so so poetic in that way. But I do think yeah. the Monty Lee dynamic, and I thought Coach Lee 
in his uh, media availability yesterday. I thought he, he handled it like a professional, obviously, like we'd expect Coach Lee to do. And he made a great point that, listen, once the, once the game starts, hey, he's not throwing the baseball, he's not swinging the bat. But I do think this team will be motivated for Coach Lee because I, I think you would be – I think you'd be naive to think that he ain't got a chip on his shoulder, that this one's a little bit bigger, means a little bit more, that the school that just fired him – He's got a chance to stick it to him, right? And I think that team's going to want to do it for him as well. And, you know, it's a big series for so many reasons. We don't really even need any external motivating factors, but that's a big one for sure. They'll want to get this one for Monty, and uh, it definitely adds some extra juice in the rivalry series. That's a really good point. And, yeah, it, and it, it, does, it does matter to him, just so yeah. everybody knows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, look, there's – there's a, baseball, you, it's not as rare as other sports. I mean, you've got uh, – the Yankees and Red Sox, you got guys like Wade Boggs and Roger Clemens that played for both, and Ricky Henderson played for both. I mean, it, the difference, uh, CJC, the difference though is when Monty left South Carolina, he just left to be a head coach. The yeah. upstate school fired Monty Lee. So I think yeah, there's a little different. There's a little different. That may be similar to like Babe Ruth, like, right? You know, that may be yeah. able to go way yeah. back in Felt time. Like he got when stabbed he, in the back, right? What, yeah, the Red Sox sold him to the yeah. Yankees for yeah. cheap money. So at, uh, <laughs> yeah. at the time, although a hundred thousand dollars back then was probably yeah. oh, he was good, rich, pretty good yeah. penny. But I mean, you it know. was a nickel. It was a nickel for a burger back then, or whatever. So I, I, everybody hopes we're talking about the curse of Monty Lee in twenty years, where <laughs> <laughs> South Carolina just runs away with the series, you know? six yeah. more national yeah. championships, yeah. six yeah. more titles, and Clemson yeah. struggling to win whatever league yeah. they're in at the time. You know, Jet, and Jack Leggett still the Bat Boy. Yeah. Jack Leg is still sitting there eating, munching on some ice cream. You know, Dude, it, 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 it honestly feels like 2010, 2011, because I get on social media after the weekend when they got swept, and I see Tiger fans blaming Jack Leggett, and I'm like, man, this is just deja vu right here. <laughs> it's, it's this is great. This is great. It's amazing. <laughs> Still. Wow. Like, it's Leggett's fault. Get him out of the dugout. This is awesome. Like, I mean, the guy won like 800 games for them. Oh, yeah. Like, he wasn't a bad coach legend. at all. You yeah. know, he's a legendary coach, but that's... he was like Cameron from Ferris Bueller's that's... Day Off. Though you could put a lump of coal up his butt in two weeks, you'd have a diamond. Especially yeah. when he played Ray Tanner in South Carolina. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, but really, I get. I mean, his his success well, was amazing. You know, his teams got tight when they played Carolina. When they, when it was on the line against the Gamecocks, they tightened up and. Just is what it is. I mean, the results. I mean, dude, bad. dude, we had we had Blake, I had Blake I had Blake Cooper on the podcast a couple of years ago, and he literally told me to JB's point that uh, we talked about that 2010 College World Series, and he told me he was like, you know, after uh, who was it? I think we eliminated Oklahoma to get to the the two game set against Clemson. He told me he's like that we were the team they did not want to play, and we knew yeah. that. He's like, we knew that going on to take them. They did not want to play us, even though they had the advantage. You know, we had to beat them twice. He's like, they didn't want to play us, and we just stuck it to them. So, yeah, to your point, again, a lot of truth in that. And then we I'll should, never forget always two. Play him in two I'll never forget. I'll, I'll never forget <laughs> O2. Uh, yeah. I was working, uh, starting, just got out of college, starting my career, working at a paper in Seneca uh, and you know, with a bunch of clumps of people. And they had already – Got a laid out a nice big page. Congratulations, Clemson national champions in baseball. Remember, USA Today wrote an article about Khalil Green and Clemson closing in on a national title. And yeah, then you had the 12 4 game. And then uh, the next day, I had to drive to Seneca for work. And of course, you, you, I was just listening on the radio, and I it was five to one Gamecocks. And I turned it over to the uh, you know, I, I think Jim Phillips was still calling, still alive back then. 
and it was five one, and all of a sudden you heard Gamecocks were up at the bat. All of a sudden you heard ping, and then <laughs> a yell, and then you heard, "Can we go home now?" <laughs> that I was sweet, what, sweet, sweet that day. That day, that walking a, into was that, that office. The Dyson home run. Did Dyson hit a home run when they were? Dyson was home? the the twelve to four game. I think. Yeah, he may have yeah. hit another one then because he. Yeah, got because I think I think the one oh, JC's no, no. talking about was that was the day game, the Bondurant game that he started. Yeah, with. oh Bondurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He pitched. I mean, Bond, Bond, wow. Bondo pitched in. Yeah, 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 too much. But that was pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's a young I, guy back then. That was sweet. I know <laughs> that, like that series, that series in Omaha was. Um, and by the way, that two three four back then for Clemson, that there was no that was the best two three four in college <laughs> baseball. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Michael Johnson, uh, Jeff Baker, Khalil Green, they had combined Those to guys. hit like ninety home runs. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, but it was Khalil and Drew, and and Drew showed up, and Khalil didn't in those two games in Omaha. I mean, Drew Meyer made was, two plays in that last game that were freaking ridiculous. I think there's yeah. one still in a mural up there. Mural up there. Man, it was that was that, that was, and then uh, of course Carolina put him out of a regional win. Was it 2012? Well, yeah, I was at that one. LB Danzler got the walk off. That was a great game. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. That that was what was it? That was the 12, right? Chris? Yeah, twelve. Yep. I so, 12. and the I think one of my favorite super regionals ever was 2011 because Clemson was supposed to be here. Yeah, but they couldn't yeah, get yeah, through yeah. UConn at UConn. the Stadium. <laughs> That's and, happened uh, twice. That happened with Oklahoma State in 2016 too. Remember? Yeah. Uh, of course, the Gamecocks got beat by Okie State that, as well. That UConn but... team was good though. George yeah. Springer, I think, on that team, right? Yeah, and the yeah. the yeah. pitcher Springer. the pitcher was a first yeah. rounder too. Yeah, what yeah. was his name? Start uh, Freya. Yeah. Well, All right, so uh, they no, they sweep this no. weekend or just two of three? I've got I've got two of three. I mean, I, I'm going into yeah. it optimistic, but a little bit more cautious, just because you know it's a rivalry series. I, I look at the Tigers as a desperate team, and at times a desperate team can be a dangerous team when you're playing with nothing to lose, and everybody's expecting the Gamecocks to sweep. And and I think certainly South Carolina is capable of doing so. I mean, you know, you think about it, guys. It's like if you pick South Carolina to lose a game, I'm just sitting there like. Which starting pitcher am I picking against? Like because oh. they're all like you feel good every single day that you're going to get the W. So I'm going a little more conservative. I, mean, I, I think obviously we'd all still be really happy just winning the series two of three. I think you certainly have the chance to sweep again, especially if you start out two zero. But uh, I'll I'll go Gamecocks winning two of three. But I'm I'm very confident in the weekend. I mean anything less than winning the series would obviously be a massive disappointment. I, I think the Gamecocks just have the upper hand across the board and. You know, the pitching is going to be elite. If they're able to swing it, which, you know, UCF showed, you can you can knock around that Tigers pitching staff. I, I think it's going to be a really fun weekend. So I'll go two of three. I definitely think the sweep uh, is, is within reach, though. This guy, he owes Clemson an apology. This is ridiculous. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. yeah. yeah. Will Vandervoort's going to write, write very whiny yeah. things about you. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna write, they're gonna say something bad. Hey, he ought to just you know? he ought he ought to just be grateful. Game three is not at their place because we'd be recreating that uh, that video UCF did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dude, hey, anybody... do Beamer's kids do Beamer's kids owe an apology too? They ran down the hill. I mean, they did it first. You could say so. I don't know. Wow. Good point. It's just happening to them with that such great frequency point. that it, now they're all really all. You know what? I, by the way, guys, you know what I learned? <laughs> Side note, I bet a lot of people didn't know this because I actually went on a Clemson show last night and talked. What I didn't realize is because of construction at Doug Kingsmore, the baseball team is using the football facility to like as their locker room. So they uh -oh. didn't sneak in. Somebody didn't let uh -huh. them in. They were already in. So I was like, that makes a lot more sense. But. 
the storyline and the narrative, like they broke in and did that's a lot funnier. So, right. uh, yeah, we should just roll with that. <laughs> who, who, who were we talking to? It was Cloninger the other day that uh, called the rock a doorstep at the top of the hill. Most famous doorstop in college football. Yeah, yeah, they said he, uh, yeah, he brought back that the time it got chiseled and, um, yeah, and uh, it turns out it was fans. a Clemson fan. They yeah. swore it was Friendly a game fire incident. Oh, yeah. yeah. Friendly nah. fire incident. So. All right. Awesome, Chris. Well, hey, I'll see you uh, at 115, man. Looking forward to it, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. JC, Phil, JB, appreciate y'all. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. You Thanks, too, man. I'll take so are we going to try to hit it a final break, or are we just going to hold off and do it in hour three? What do you want to do? You're, you're yeah, we'll box, just do so. the three, because we, we have no guest in hour three. It was kind of a front-loaded show today. Yeah, we'll uh, uh, guest-wise. So, so you know, I, I think, I think, oh, I was just I'm, on, I'm on this side all of a sudden, what, what but happened? he, he, uh, he, uh, he, <laughs> he actually, he made a good, fix. he made a good point there about Shane's kids. I didn't, I didn't remember that guy writing an article about Shane's kids. Well, it was before the game though. And they thought it was all good until you get your butt kicked. You know, if, if Shane's kids had done it after I mean, the game. Clemson's football team runs down it before the game. When does it matter? What's the point? It's it's just a matter of whether you beat them or not. Okay, it, they're butthurt. It's called butthurt. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of that going around up here. A lot, most fan bases do have butthurt, but I'm I'm still laughing about that. Uh, I mean, in fact, those of you that miss JB talking about it and all of us discussing it, I actually cut it up and put it on our YouTube channel. Uh, where you guys stream this. We got that. We got Phil comparing the NCAA to the Homeowners Association. And we've got me talking about homeowners associations in general. Those are the three highlights from the week we have up so far. So if you want to oh. check those out, go to our YouTube <laughs> page. That's all you miss. And <laughs> um, that'll get you caught up. <laughs> but yeah, I always enjoy, you know, I always enjoy Chris's segment. I always enjoy Kip Bog night being uh yeah, he's pretty honest. And uh, I thought, I thought some of what he said was, was pretty interesting. Well, um, we, yes, we, we're going to facilitate, guys. We're we do have a little bit of pull at Carolina collectively, um, so we'll facilitate this three man crew uh, on Sunday because we have Coach Lake joining us tomorrow. I think at eleven twenty. Yep. So, so if Kit, so if Derek and Tommy are back in the booth, I saw Tommy this weekend. By the way, he said, "Tell everybody hello." And if we ever need him, I said, "Well, Tommy, you could come on for two hours and just give us." A, the history of game cup baseball um <laughs> but but is, so if derek and tommy are in there on well they'll be in there oh no no game cup basketball plays saturday right yeah so then derek will go up and or, or did derek call the game on sunday in columbia all right so here's the point if those two call the game and kip is scheduled to be in there on sunday it seems to tell me that they're leaving lake out well we can't leave we can't leave coach lake out I mean, He's we got to figure this out. Yeah. Well, and Drew has called tons and tons of games, and I know he hasn't been able to get up to call some yet this season. So we we put three of them in the box, and then we put one of them down on the field as like our version of Aaron Andrews. <laughs> who gets? To- I don't know, man. Who's the, Drew? The, who plays Drew? There, Drew? Drew's a blonde, so he <laughs> will put Drew's him on the, the field. <laughs> we'll put Drew on the field. Somebody text <laughs> Drew. I'll text Drew and tell him he's going to be hey, uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. Anyway. Shove a uh, mic in uh, King's face after someone boots one or something. 
So what happened on that play there, Coach? Get out of my face. <laughs> Please get out of my way. <laughs> Let's hope they're operating on a delay. <laughs> Oh, oh man, that's. Funny. I, I do yeah. think I do think those t- some of these TV interviews are just ridiculous. Like I really, do, especially in baseball, when they do them in the dugout, they're like, "Coach, you gave up seven innings in the uh, in that last frame. What happened there?" Um, I don't know. They hit three balls out of the yard and scored seven runs. I mean, what? What, <laughs> what do you mean? What happened? <laughs> like, you know who, who became sort of a mini celebrity at that? I think it was during the first national championship run. Was Ray Tanner? He's like, we got to find a, a duck snort or a CNI dog and got to get out there and just got to do it, you know? And you're like, yeah, that's, that's our guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was actually – Ray, Ray had some good moments that time. I'll, I'll never forget his speech. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm about to say, you know, he was like well, the first one. The second one was handled a little bit different, you know? It was kind of like, all right, dog paw, great. We want another one. Super. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I never, I'll never forget that as long as I live. I never, guys, uh, honest to God, and I know they won the women's track national title in 02, but I never thought in one of the sports, you know, we all care about. And I mean, not that we don't care about the others, but I, I never thought to see Carolina win one. I was kind of just hopeful they'd get back to the College World Series at some point, but um, they knocked on the door. They won the, they played for it all in 02. Uh, and then, uh, then there was a period where, and I think, I think it was fair to say they finished third in, in 04, but you know, they tried to make it back, tried to make it back. And then that 2010 team, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence. I, you know, to be honest, I, they didn't do all that well in, in, in Hoover, no shock, uh, <laughs> lost the SEC title to Florida on the last weekend of the season, uh, at home, um, Lost nineteen to six to Clemson that year, and boy, things just uh, things just turned. Well, it, it wasn't the way. nineteen to six. It was the fact that the nineteen to six came on the heels of losing the opening series at East Carolina and losing the series to Clemson, mm-hmm. and that left yeah. you at six and four and unranked. And everybody was fire Ray Tanner, fire, 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 I hate this guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. I know everything. I'm an insurance agent. I'm going to tell you how to coach baseball. <laughs> National champions. Oh my God, Ray Tanner's the best thing that ever happened. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, so, so that super that super regional was coastal. And that was a tough draw, guys. They had to uh, go food for the supers. Oh yard. Well, I mean Chris mentioned Coop earlier. I mean, Coop's one of my best yep. buddies. And Blake will be one of the first ones to tell you the best team they faced all year was Coastal Carolina. It was just a shame that those two drew each other like that. Because Coastal, that's the they, they that should have probably been their first crack at winning a national championship. Of course, they ended up winning. But, I don't yeah. remember what Carolina did in basketball that year, men's basketball. I don't think they were that good. But 2010 was a pretty good year for Carolina sports. SEC East Championship in football, national championship in baseball. Yeah. Pretty good year. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty like, good show. Seems like, Seems like yesterday, but it was long ago. It was long ago. <laughs> was young, she was the queen of my nights. No, no, no. Hour one some in th- the books. I have some thoughts about that song and Bob Seger in general after the after Hour two coming up. <laughs>
Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me. JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. <laughs> You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chicken's got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who was born to crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the peck in order, couldn't fight like you used to do. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Second hour of the show coming at you. No. It's brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John and his team a call or shoot him an email, 803-446-4662, or John B at expresssunrooms.com. Talk about how they could uh, maybe close a porch or patio for you ahead of the summer. That way, stop all the bugs from getting in while you enjoy having a nice picnic or meal out on the back deck. A picnic? Uh, a picnic. I don't know why I said picnic because it's outdoor eating, you know, al fresco oh. equals picnic. <laughs> I haven't had a picnic in a long time. My, and my wife like... and daughters do that every once in a while. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, well, you know, we have a golf cart and we have a couple of lakes, so maybe we'll put them on the golf cart and go have a picnic at some point in time in the near near future. Hey, I'll Phil, how are you? It's Jessica. We met at Chili's. 14 beers at Chili's. Well, Phil, you've got a secret admirer. Uh, days Whether friend Chris. Oh, I know exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Jessica, Jessica and Chris. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's up, Jess? Hey, good to have you in. Yeah, I'm not picking on you. I'm picking on Phil. That's what we do around here. We pick on each other. So we we have a correction too. Shane's kids did run down the hill after the game. They did game. Nice. I didn't even. Where's the outrage? Where's the outrage from the Clemson media? That damn Beamer. He owes me an apology. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm right. Will Hunter Beamer. Look, <laughs> you will apologize to me. <laughs> they're gonna, they're not gonna lie. I feel I just a sneaky suspicion. They're gonna not really like Shane Beamer too much. Give them a couple years. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna on. like. I think eventually they're gonna come to to dislike him quite a bit. Oh, <laughs> so, they're gonna want him to apologize for every ass beating he gives them. Every damn yeah. one of them. He's going to have to come out and apologize everywhere around Christmas. I'm sorry to Will and Clemson Insider, whatever it is, dot com. Oh, I'm free of dealing with that, those guys. I, I don't deal with that. I agree with I this guy. Have, I think the BRC. university should lean into that and just have, yeah, like this, because BRC, yeah, we need a public Hunter statement. Beamer. Yeah, I think Justin King and Coach Beamer should put something yeah. together with Hunter behind the podium in a pseudo press conference. Definitely, he, yep. he needs I'm to sorry. Hunter needs to apologize. That little kid. What was he thinking? Hunter Beamer probably will not apologize. Shane would probably apologize before for the, the the Beamer, the young, the youngest Beamer would. That kid's. You ever watch any of the videos and stuff? Hunter Beamer is very competitive. We're actually, uh, I found out today we're going to have Emily on the show, coach's coach's wife, and uh, Stephanie Moore, Derek Moore's wife, on at some point in the next couple of weeks. They got a really cool film project they're working on together. Um, oh. I haven't told you guys about this. I'm just I, yeah, I just we it. we just figured so, that out. <laughs> yeah, so we're uh, we're going to actually talk. So we'll ask about Hunter and his competitiveness. Because uh, he does seem, he seems a lot like his dad, but more forward. You know, Shane can hide it sometimes. Like, but it, uh, believe me, trust me, Shane Beamer. Well, you can see it. Long snapper, long snappers are competitors, man. If you do that, if you long snap, you want it. You, you got to want it pretty bad. Well, yeah. Anytime you get pictures of like what's going on on Shane's, you know, you know, window or walls that have been brought yeah. there by the family, there's always one on there that was like, "You better not freaking lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't he, come he, home." Yeah, yeah, you, I, think he, yeah. I think you told him he was going to kick him in the balls one time if they got. Yeah, right. he's like, <laughs> kick you where the sun don't shine. I'm like, man. This kid I almost want to brutal, go, man. I want to go coach little league baseball. Just have that kid on my team. I'm moving back to Columbia and do that. Yeah, I don't I'm back, but I've got to have Hunter Beamer on my team, man. Uh, so. Shane, Shane's not letting kids run through his building. He's letting like little, little criminals, like from like. You ever seen the show Mayans? Like all the little <laughs> kids who are who are camped out at the border, like picking people off. He's all these little terrorists running around the building. Shane, if you're watching, clean it up, man. You owe us clean an it apology. Up, right. <laughs> well, this is going the, 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 the pick, county of Pickens and and somewhat of Oconee. You know, you're actually. Gonna, is it all in Pickens? I don't know. Hey, Shane, I've got an idea for you. If you need a couple uh, gangsters, check out my background. <laughs> Look at those two. Those two, those two are getting after part the bridge. <laughs> and of All course, right. happy birthday to them. Um, uh, Day has a couple of memories here. The best Ray moment was him calmly drinking the water after we got out of one of those late jams against UVA. That game, my God, I still like get tense thinking about that Virgi mm. the, those Virginia games. Mm. Uh, in 2011, especially because, or, or they, no, they only played them once because they didn't, South Carolina didn't lose. Um, especially because it was compared to the UVA coach who's throwing his water. Well, I don't blame and him then, because um, they should have won that game multiple. 
couple times and they, they couldn't. And in, in 2010, Carolina did beat number one Kentucky because that was the year because Virginia was number one in baseball. So that was, wait a minute. Over the course of the year, South Carolina yeah. beat the number one team in the country in all three sports. Yeah, but baseball was Arizona State when they beat them. That's right, Arizona State. Alabama was uh, football, and then um, that's right. Because Arizona State was the win, was game two, after they had lost to who, Oklahoma in the first game? Or was it A&M? Uh, to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. They beat yeah. A&M by a run. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, there, there's that. There's all that. So I, I do yeah. – I respectfully disagree with A. I think one of my favorite moments uh, with Coach Tanner was back in 2000 and, um, 2006 uh, on a trip to Auburn when one of my roommates struck out swinging after looking at two fastballs right down the middle, and Coach Tanner told him it wasn't his fault. He wanted to kick his own ass for recruiting him to South Carolina. That would be one of my favorite Ray Tanner moments. That's like Spurs. Shoot, it's not their fault. It's our fault for playing them. Only people understand Coach Tanner, man. He he can clean it up, but if you put him on a ball field like the rest of them, he he's a ball coach. That's what it comes down mm -hmm. to. Yeah, I uh, you know uh, you know it's funny. Uh, Kip mentioned Caleb Denny, and he's off to a good start. I, I think this kind of went under the radar because he was an excellent hitter at Oral Roberts last year. And Oral Roberts pretty good baseball program. But a lot of people don't know he started in Arkansas. Like right. that was his first, uh, you know, didn't play so much. So he transferred back. He's from Owasso, Oklahoma, yeah. which yeah. Uh, I think well, Jonah, Jonah Bride, uh, somebody pointed that out. Jonah Bride is from Owasso and uh, – Somebody else. Shoot, I got to scroll back. It's in the oh, award-winning Nana Sports chat. Uh, Braylon Wimmer's from Oklahoma, but I don't think he's from Owasso. He's he? not from Owasso. No, he's not from Owasso. I don't know where that is, by the way. But there's a lot of players from the middle of the country on this roster. Yeah, Jack Mahoney from up here all the way down through Kansas, through um, the great I'm state from, of Oklahoma. I'm from New York. I mean Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kansas. <laughs> Chris, Sox is up, man. Yeah. Chris Sox says he's happy I've got his last name on my visor. I actually did that for you, Chris. Yeah. No question. Um, Sonder asked if Shane Beamer's lost control of the program because his kids ran down the hill. That would be a column I could see them write. Uh, some of those guys up there. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to paint a broad brush. Come on, let's feed but the some beast, of them, man. Let's, do it. Let's set them up. Let's feed the beast here. Uh, who, who all do we know up there that we can call and just we just just feed them information, dude? You're not gonna believe this. Like Beamer's, Beamer's. kids, you know, spray painted the tail on that tiger that's outside of the stadium. What? They they poisoned the lake. And, I'm gonna uh, demand an apology. You know, they, scratched they, the rock when he ran down the hill. Yeah, yeah they TP Dabo's house. You should have seen Hunter Beamer with both middle fingers up. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> throwing batteries. Throwing batteries. He was throwing batteries. What was that? Uh, well, oh, which, by the way, I got uh, – I don't know if y'all remember Hardy Sanders. Um, I went to school yeah, I remember Hardy. Hardy. Hardy was an offensive lineman at Carolina. I retweeted it last night. Um, but Hardy was watching the show yesterday, and he tweeted us and said yeah, – I'm reading it. He said um, – when y'all talked about Clemson fans saying we throw batteries, he said 2008 Dabo's interim year was my senior year, and I got smacked in the face by a full 20-ounce Coke running off the field after the game. 
I mean, so, I mean, oh, Clemson, hey, their fans, they throw uh, they throw soft drinks at every player. Every That's fan right. in the stadium throws a soft drink every it time. It rains down soft drinks. Yeah, it's a bunch <laughs> of soft drink throwers up there. We're just throwing prayers at you. That's holy yeah. water. No, no. Right. You owe them an apology, JC. I do owe them an apology. Dude, this, this, this Clemson apology thing is this weekend i am going to write an apology and read it on the air dear old clemson you know <laughs> dear dear old clemson's in there uh i want to be like dear dear old clemson hey, okay. I, I, like- I would like to express heartfelt condolences <laughs> yeah, we and apologize. Apologize. <laughs> i'll be like bill clinton i am profoundly sorry <laughs> uh, well, I'm I mean, sorry, Chris. Chris just hit the nail on the head. This just in: Duracell inks deal with Hunter Beamer to enhance the battery chunking experience in Carolina football. Games. That's right. Yes. yes. Jesus don't love y'all because y'all throw batteries. Oh man. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, look, man. When you finally beat him in football after ten years, and for some reason. Their ACC contender in men's basketball, you beat them with this team, uh, and you may keep them out of the NCAA tournament. But how bad you, is you, that? Oh, you can curl a little good. bit this year. You can curl yeah, a little bit this year. Is that for us? And that that loss to us might keep them out of the tournament. Yeah. because it, it was it, such it, a bad loss. <laughs> to me, it's it's cool this year. Most years, though, I'll tell you guys a little secret. I, you know, if South Carolina's in the hunt for the NCAA tournament, I actually pull for Clemson in basketball against the, some of those big time ACC programs. Oh yeah, because you have they're to, the way it's because up. their yeah. strength of schedule drag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's college basketball, and I hate the net ranking now, and it, it it pisses me off. And we'll talk about that closer to March Madness. But yeah, I don't. It it doesn't like bother me. I don't pull for like Wake Forest against them in basketball. You know, or anything like that. I, I think the rivalry matters a whole lot. It's 365 days a year in football. I think it is in baseball. I think in basketball, you, you, you kind of just kind of go. You want to win. And even if and even if you don't, you're like, well, gosh, I hope they play a little better because, you know, that some some years that's, you know, South Carolina's best non-conference game and, and vice versa, or it can be a very good game. Now, back in the Rick Barnes, Eddie Fogler era, Obviously, you, you, you know, <laughs> that, that was a little bit different because both teams were really good. But uh, actually, both teams were in the top five in 1997 when they met at Little John. Man, I um, think about this for a second. To y'all's point, can you possibly dream up a scenario in recent memory? In my lifetime, I know I personally cannot. Where a 21-9 and nine team who went 13 and 6 or 13 and 6 doesn't matter 13 or 14 yeah, and 6 if, or 13 and 14 the fourth best team in the ACC got left out of the NCAA tournament that's why i hate the net and, and uh, I'm, you know yeah. the clemson fans that are about to you know send a wow. bomb in the mail to carefree drive uh, I'll go about on your side with this. I, I, I agree. I thought Wake Forest got screwed last year. I, I don't know who's decided all of a sudden the ACC is not a good basketball conference. Why? Because Duke and North Carolina aren't that good. That's why? Exactly who's why. determining this? You know, and, and people like Andy Katz and 
John Rothstein and, and the national basketball media. We, we sometimes we complain about the national football media, but the national basketball media they 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 love to pick winners and losers. And this whole net rankings thing they came up with was done in in a lot of conjunction with the national national basketball media. So it's like if they just decide a league's down, screw it, it's down. And, and I know there's metrics too, but metrics aren't everything. And then the net is holding that South Carolina loss against Clemson like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and it used to be, you know, with the RPI and then the, the selection committee would sit there and go, well, um, you know, these guys finished this good. That loss in November doesn't matter. If you're going to count those games in November, move the damn season up because it starts too early. At 90% of the campuses across the country that care about basketball, they don't care yet. It's early. It's not even Thanksgiving. And you're going to count that loss? You know, and, and make like that because no, every every win and loss has to count even. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. And I I think the net, if it screws Clemson out of a, a this year, I, I I don't like it. And if it screws Wake for it screwed Wake Forest, and you see what happened last year, right? North Carolina was supposed to be oh they just snuck in. They were an eight seed. What happened? They played for all the marbles. Pretty good basketball team, right? Miami, pretty good basketball team. Went to Sweet Sixteen. You know, I, I just refuse to say that overall the ACC is as bad as people think. And, and I think going 14 and 6 in that league in any year, considering the programs you have to face, the venues you have to go into, the fact you play 20 freaking conference games should should get you in. And I, I was that passionate about Wake last season too. So I'm, I, I'm not just jumping there. But, yeah, I, I think um, – I think that would be rare, uh, JB. <laughs> I mean, it's. Oh, it, right. I've seen teams that have won seven ACC games get into the tournament. Now they didn't play twenty; they played eighteen. But uh, it's just it's baffling, and it's because of the net. And I think the net sucks, and I think it cheapens the sport. And I think the committee right now is lazy and 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 is married to it for no reason. They keep taking criteria out of it, which would make it a little more fair. Um, and, and I just, uh, I think Frederick says you can't lose to a three win Louisville at the time. I, I know, but man, I watched just about every, uh, every possession of Louisville and Virginia at, uh, at the Yum Center or whatever. And Louisville took them to the wire and Virginia's a lock, you know, I, 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 I get you. I understand, but I just, I, well, I, I think, I think there's, there's a lack of common sense with the basketball selections in general. And, and I think it's, I mean, you know, I, I think that it's, uh, it's kind of sad. I think so. What, what what's happened here? And I know people don't want us to overwhelm our show with with Clemson and basketball, but oh God, what, yeah. but, but what's happened here is they're three and five in their last eight games, and um, you know how. But but with that said, the last two games that they've played, they beat a team that everybody has in the tournament, NC State. They beat them by twenty five. And then they lost to Virginia on the road by seven. So, I mean, it's really like if they beat Notre Dame and they get to 22 and nine, I mean, and Notre Dame really isn't very good. But like you look at the at the body where I know we've been picking on Clemson, but th- this has nothing to do with whether you like your rival or don't like your rival. This is about what's right, what's wrong and who deserves to be where um, you look at their body of work this year and the wins that they have. It's just hard for me to understand. Yeah, they've got a couple of bad losses there, but they beat, bad, NC, yeah. they beat NC State twice. They've beaten Duke. I mean, you know, they they've got a bunch of good wins that should have them in the in the tournament as well. 
And I just, I just think they should be in there. I mean, I don't. Yeah, Loyola Chicago is awful. They're they're below Frank's team in, in the Atlantic Ten, in dead last, and they beat them by eighteen. And then yeah. the South Carolina loss. They beat Pittsburgh. And, and then the the uh, the Louisville loss. So so that's that's three atrocious losses. But I I think that you know your your wins uh, and your record. You know, it's, so what? You have three bad losses, and, and I, I don't know. It's just it's one of those things. So anyway, we'll, we'll figure, we'll see what happens. Selection yeah. Sunday's coming up pretty soon. Well, so that, we'll I mean, they have their they have their chance to get in. I mean, you you win the last game and then win a couple of games in the ACC tournament. You're gonna you're gonna be in the tournament. I mean, there, there's I don't mm-hmm. think there's any more question. You, I mean, you get to 24 wins. How you keep a 24 team win team in the ACC out of the out of the tournament? That just that wouldn't make any sense. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels jc sherbert is the most fun you'll ever have on two feet but if you're going to be on two wheels you want to have a bike from electric bikes of charleston they've got a venton bikes they've got magnum bikes they're just unbelievable but they're even better when it comes to service and warranty at electric bikes of charleston they service the entire state of south carolina they sell to everybody everywhere because these things are so sweet they can get you through the mountains they can get you through the beach they can get you through the parks and the midlands wherever you are they'll get you through them but remember you don't always have to be in pedal assist mode they're there to help you get where you need to go or to get you home if you've gone too far maybe or maybe you had one too many if you're out on vacation clients from hilton head myrtle beach charleston columbia and everywhere in between come to mount pleasant And they all very easily, like you can all do right now on your phones, if you're thinking about getting exercise as spring arrives, go to electricbikescharleston.com. We certainly appreciate them. By the way, if you're thinking about getting a new bike and you got a place that you like, but they're not Gamecock owned and operated, this one is Electric Bikes Charleston powering inside the Gamecocks this show. All right, so we will hit a timeout. uh, And when we return... Um, I don't know the answer to the question. I was going to do my homework this morning, but I figured I would just ask the two of you to see if you have the answer. The question is, I'll wait and ask it when we get back because something happened last night in college basketball that is very, very rare. However, Carolina basketball has done this before. So we'll talk about that and much more right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Easy. He's got a tiger by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. Nass Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper public poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest nana's porch southern cuisine with an uptown twist we're well into the new year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching many of us don't have the time to hit the gym but charleston fitness equipment can change that for you outfit your home with a treadmill elliptical or my favorite a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world they have free weights home gyms flooring and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient located in mount pleasant visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more get in shape like our gamecocks charleston fitness equipment proud partners of inside the gamecocks top nation do you need a place to stay for the big game 
Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers. In the soul. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662. Talk about how he can bring some sunshine into your life this summer. I'm sorry, I'm distracted. I was doing something. The, um... Do you mind, Phil? You owe us an apology. I, I, is there a show here? Somebody's going to buy a stone room. Thank you. Doing something for the show. That's all right. Hey, if you do call John and decide to go with a project for him, he has assured us that you will get $500 off the project cost. So do not hesitate to give them a call at Express Sunrooms of Columbia, 803-446-4662, or send them an email, B at expresssunrooms.com. And we're back. So behind me here, today's our twin girl's birthday. On my right, excuse me, that would be Hannah when she was born. And on my left, that would be Riley. So they're a little older than that now. But happy birthday to my my little girls who tried to kill me multiple times, but they also (laughs) somehow keep me alive. Um, Last night... Vanderbilt went into Lexington and beat them on senior day. South Carolina did that in 1997. They swept Kentucky year and did so on senior day. Is that the last time Kentucky was beaten on senior day in Rupp Arena? Did anybody have any insight into that? No. And I don't know. Did, did Florida get them one year? I don't, know. I don't know. I have no idea. That's a – I mean, it's very rare. And as a matter of fact, I mean, that Carolina team, as good as they were, that Kentucky team was super. And <laughs> They won it all. They won the whole thing. No, they lost no, to, Ar- to Arizona. Arizona won it all. But Arizona. Miles Simon. Simon says championship. Yeah. But they had but Scott they the, Padgett the and man. I think Jamal McGlure was on that team. Scott Padgett. Uh, what, was the, what was the guard's name? Oh, shoot. What was his name? He was good. Yeah, he was really <laughs> – we're all good. Um, uh, he shot Travis, – Travis Ford won on that team. Travis no. Ford was before that. Um, no. Anyway. Yeah, that was, that was a tremendous uh, – uh, season for Gamecock basketball that ended uh, badly. <laughs> badly. Yeah. I Tony Delk? No, okay. that was before, I think. Tony, Tony Delk was... Delk 
might have been on that team. I, I thought I remember Tony Delt playing against Kerry Rich when he was bad. But uh, I mean, when he Maybe. when he was bad, when he was playing, uh, when he was a player, I thought Tony Delt was like early SEC era. Yeah, I don't. Hey, look. I, I, all right, I'm just gonna look it up. Yeah, it's I'm that, just gonna that, go. that team's loaded. Um, by the way, to your point, JC. Uh, and I think somebody asked a question a little while ago. I'm not going to go back and look at it right now, but like Clemson is 64th in the net rankings. Um, they, mm. as of last night, so they dropped two spots uh, yesterday without even playing a game. Um, mm. And you look at the others that are all right. So their their quad their combined quad one and quad two. They're seven and five. So twelve opportunities in quad one, quad two. They're um, they're eight and two in quad four, which is a big stat. And and I, I don't are we quad three or quad four? I don't know, but I know that uh, Loyola is probably a quad four loss. So we're either a quad three or quad four loss. But to compare, there's a couple of comparisons I'd point out here. So Florida's fifteen and fifteen overall, but they're fourth or they're four spots higher in the net ranking simply because. They've played 17 quad one and quad two games. However, they are three and 14 in those quad one and quad two games. All right. So like, you know, and then you've got some other comparisons, like the rest of the teams that are in that first four out, like with where Clemson is right now, North Carolina, Oklahoma State and Michigan. Michigan is 54th in the RPI, but they're just 17 and 12. And they're three and ten in quad one opportunities, but they're six and one in quad two opportunities. So a combined nine and eleven, um, you know, so on and so forth. I'm sitting and read everybody's stats, but I guess my point is like what we have seen a lot is that over the years you have, and this happened to Carolina in 2016, if people remember, right? Like you, you, you'll get bumped in the net rankings, and somebody will get bumped above you. Sometimes not necessarily because they have more won more than you, but because they have played more quality games based on sure. the formula. Mm-hmm. So like Florida is three, they've won three out of four out of seventeen games. Quad one and quad two opportunities. But yet per the net rankings, they're 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 a better basketball team than Clemson. My question, and I think I, I'm not gonna speak for you guys here, but I, I think everybody's question when we get caught up in the net rankings, always revolves down to comes down to one thing. At what point in time do wins actually matter? Because we have won Clemson's in here going, we've won 21 ball games. And then there's teams that we're quote fighting to get in with who've won 16 and 17 ball games. There's teams that we've they've swept NC State in the regular season and they're comfortably in the tournament. And I don't think NC State's record is any better than Clemson's. It's crazy. Yeah, it head-to-head doesn't even matter. I mean, I, I'm just – I think they need to redo it. I think they need to start – stop being so married to the net. And, and sometimes when the NCAA comes up with something on their own, they tend to overvalue it, I've noticed. And and, and I, I just – I'm just not a fan. I mean, I'm not a fan of how much they weigh efficiency. I'm, I'm just not a fan of of of, of – of the way that it kind of takes away. And, and like I said, Wake Forest to me got screwed last year too. And, and who decided that the, the, the ACC was down and that all the, you know, because a lot of this in this net ranking, you know, you have to start somewhere who, who, who decides where you start, you know, that 
it's just kind of crazy to me. I, I looked this up. Uh, Kentucky actually has had some frustrations on senior day. Now, before 2020, the Wildcats were 52-3 and three on senior day. Uh, they lost to the Gamecocks in 97. That was the first time since the 60s that they had lost on senior day at Rupp. Uh, Florida, one of those national championship teams, got them in 06. Uh, 09, they lost to Georgia, but that was Billy Gillespie's final um, final game as the coach there. Um, but since 2020, they lost to Tennessee in 2020, lost to Florida on senior day in 2021, although they did play the Gamecocks in, quote, unquote, their final home game because it was a, re, uh, a reschedule because that was the pandemic year. Uh, they did beat Ole Miss last year, but then they lost to Vanderbilt in 2023. So they, Kentucky basketball has been on quite a stretch of uh, – and that gets back to something Keith has started to talk about about college basketball that I actually agree with. There's so much about recruiting AAU. AAU is kind of where you go recruit guys, very little from the high school ranks. Uh, and he asked me one day, we were talking, and he said this on the air, when you ever see a AAU team get to the championship of their tournament and their team loses and their players are laying on the floor crying? Right. Are, are devastated about the loss. No, they give each other high fives, walk off the court. Um, I, I think sometimes with – I think sometimes a lot of these college basketball coaches are going to have to start valuing competitiveness over uh, – over maybe high upside talent. You know, I, I think you need Warriors, uh, you know, and, and, and watch the NCAA tournament. Uh, why is Villanova, which, you know, they've been – I know Jay Wright's not there anymore, but they're kind of back. You know, they've been one of the more consistent championship contenders, and they do have, you know, quote-unquote four-star guys and some five-star guys, but but they're not they're – not nothing like what Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina recruit, uh, yet – they're right there every year. You know why? Because they compete. They don't like to lose. Uh, you know, why is Tennessee really good? Because they, they, they compete. They, they get in your grill. Why, is, why you know, and, and I, I think that's very telling about Kentucky, looking at that, because Calipari hasn't changed. He, he recruits all these one and dunners, and, you know, they, 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 they run into situations where, hey, senior day is supposed to be one where you go out there and you don't want to lose no matter what. Uh, yet, you know, in that proud that proud program, they've dropped all but one since 2020. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I was going to say is what, what, you know, how much emphasis is put on senior day at Kentucky anymore for the exact reasons that you just laid out, JC? Because, I mean, it's I would imagine there's probably a lower percentage of seniors <laughs> on that team seniors. than there are underclassmen, right? You know, and it's probably – and I, I you know – happen to think that that directly reflects their, you know, recent success or lack thereof inside the tournament. Uh, you just, there's, there's a lot to be said for a team they don't that care. has spent years and years gelling. It's one of the reasons why you can see these mid-major teams go into the round of 16 and eight. Um, and then, and then, you know, you start digging in and it's talent and coaching at that point. But, you know, I mean, Hey, it, it I am not surprised to hear that, Kentucky has lost on senior day because I just don't feel like as a program, it means anything to them. Well, I, 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 by the way, this Kentucky team that Patino had, check this out. Alan Edwards, who by the way, was an assistant under Frank Martin at South Carolina or is now an assistant under Frank Martin at UMass. His brother, I think Douglas Edwards 
uh, is a uh, was uh, Martin's director of player personnel or something. Uh, he was on that team. Wayne Wayne Turner was on that team. Nazar yep, Muhammad was on that team. Cameron Mills was yeah. on that team. Uh, Derek Anderson was on that team. Jared Prickett was on that team. Ron Mercer was on that team. Scott Padgett and Jamal McGuire. Yeah, they were pretty much loaded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, the whole team went to the NBA. Right. <laughs> yeah, they, they, uh, those guys are pretty much loaded. So, um, yeah, the you whole know, team and, and they, went to the NBA. Like literally. Yeah, exactly. You know, so and they lost to the Gamecocks in overtime at McGuire Arena and lost on homecoming, and then proceeded to eviscerate almost everybody. Uh, until they got and then they played Minnesota in the final four and then lost by the same score to Arizona that they lost to the Gamecocks 84 79 in overtime in the national championship. And Arizona that year, Bibby and it was Mike Bibby and Miles Simon, kind of like BJ Mackey, Larry Davis, uh, Melvin Watson. So that maybe I, I would have to go back and look, but maybe that was a team that struggled with teams that had really good guards. I, I don't know. But uh, that that was the loaded Kentucky Wildcats team of of of, of your. Before um, we hit a timeout here, let me give everybody sure. a quick update on what's going on in Greenville at the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament, uh, guys. Because the winner of this game is going to advance to take on South Carolina tomorrow at noon on the SEC Network. It is ninth seed in Missouri and eighth seed at Arkansas currently. The Razorbacks lead Mizzou by three with 4.53 to go in the second quarter of that game. Immediately following this game, you'll get A&M and Mississippi State. Auburn and Georgia will be the first game of the night session. And then to round it all out, you've got Kentucky and Alabama. Now, Kentucky, I don't know what's happening with this because Kentucky and Florida had a combined eight young ladies ejected from yesterday's ball game. <laughs> for fighting which that? is a joke uh i guess that happens when both of you suck and neither one of you have a prayer going to the postseason who the, really the girl cares, threw right? the ball yeah <laughs> threw she it the ball all the way across so, the court she's like i'm not taking missed. this anymore and missed yeah. missed uh, badly you know when you're when you're playing for basically third place in this tournament uh i guess it it doesn't matter but that's what's going on up there in greenville so right now uh just as a small lead for the razorbacks over Missouri and a reminder SEC women's hoops hoops tournament coverage on our program is teed up by travelingcountryclub.com become a member today and tee it up with travelingcountryclub.com your new golf experience steep discounts and privileges at over 40 golf courses in the Carolinas travelingcountryclub.com JC all right uh, Seth asks, uh, are you guys thinking about doing any meetups, events, tailgates for Carolina Rise, or anything on the horizon for the future? Uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> working on potentially a, a two-day, uh, one in Charleston, one in Columbia, uh, sort of get go out and meet the players kind of thing. It'll be a fundraiser, so bring your wallet, <laughs> uh, buy tickets and all that. And then uh, for the North Carolina game, Depending on the kickoff time, uh, it's a noon kickoff for whatever reason. I doubt it. I, I, I was talking to Mike Morgan the other day, and he kind of agreed that it'll probably be, you know, one of the a better kickoff times. 
Uh, probably going to do it upright, get a little Nana's porch out there, uh, get a little show action going. Uh, uh, I'll be in town for that and uh, probably have a Carolina Rise VIP tailgate. That'll be more of a, a thank you for members than, than a fundraiser. The first one will probably be a fundraiser, but uh, all that. And also earlier in the show, somebody asked, have we ever been to a Kentucky baseball game? I have not. I thought about JB. Uh, I know Phil probably well, has been to, not been. I've been to the – I saw that, and I forgot all about the uh, the question about away baseball games. So, I tell you what, I know we need to hit a timeout. So, why don't we do that, and we'll answer that question in a little bit more when we return here on Inside sure. the Gamecocks, the show. <coughs> Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings. In my house, Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Call Walter Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to The Show with JC and Phil.
Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662, to set up an appointment to talk about how they can get some more sunshine in your life. And, of course, if anybody is traveling to Greenville or anywhere else to plan to see the Lady Gamecocks play, or, excuse me, Gamecock women's basketball team play, then hit up Fan Plans. Still works. Not just yeah, for man. the bowl game. Fanplans.com, inside the Gamecocks. In fact, you can do that for any of your travel. So if you travel for work, do us a favor. Show some support for the show. Hit them up. Price it. See what they get. All of your uh, rewards and loyalty points will accrue through fanplans.com, just as a reminder. Yeah, and Fanplans, too, uh, part of the deal is part of that uh, supports the show. Part of it supports Carolina Rise, so you're helping players. And uh, like Phil said, you, you, some of these places you get, uh, you know, you, you don't get your points if you book through Expedia or whatever you do with fan plans. They also recommend um, to use their live chat uh, service so they make sure they can customize your packages and all that. Reasonable prices on there. Uh, you got uh, the Garnet Black Spring football game in Columbia if you're coming in for that. Baseball games are, are obviously available. Uh, you got the they have their own base, baseball page. You know uh, they set up a baseball page for us. Yay! Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're traveling with the Gamecocks, uh, hit up fanplans.com. Uh, like I said, it helps us. It helps Carolina rise, uh, and just about all we do. So that's uh, that's good. Good plug there, Phil. Thanks for thinking yeah, of yeah. Fanplans. Actually, yeah, tell yeah. to Greg. My guy from Fan Plans hit me up the other day, and uh, he's got a new commercial coming for us and stuff. So we're still excited about that partnership. Well, and if you if you are planning to travel to watch Carolina play this season in baseball, um, I'm sitting here looking at the road schedule. They lead off SEC play on the road in Athens, Georgia, which I've been there. Um, ah. it, it's a neat ballpark. It's uh, the fraternity houses up down the right field line are pretty funny. They do their – I think we talked about that with Coach Lake. They do their homework. There's no question. Um, and then they do go to Starkville, Mississippi. I've not been to that new ballpark, but I do know, too, the coaches there, Chris Lamonas and Scott Foxhall, and they they just rave and rave and rave about it. Um, Carolina's on the road in Nashville at Vanderbilt, uh, the 14th, 15th, and 16th of April. So that's the week after Easter. And I've been to that stadium. That's a dump. And then they've uh, they've been to, they're going to Kentucky in May. I haven't been to the new ballpark. I have I have been to the old ballpark in Lexington, which was a major dump. It was a it was an erector set with about a two hundred and ninety foot wall down the right field line. And they'll tell you, oh no, it was three ten. Oh, get the good. Oh my god, if it's three ten, then I'm six five. There's no way it was 310 <laughs> feet down the right field line. That was the biggest crock of crap in the SEC. And then they go to Arkansas to finish the season. That is always a difficult place to go. Um, so, uh, thank you, Hope. I will pass that along. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, just to that question that we had earlier. You know, have you been anywhere in the SEC? I've been to Kentucky, been to Neyland, or um, uh, Lindsey Nelson, uh, which they have fixed that a little bit too. I know they have got a bunch of more stuff, bunch more stuff coming, but that place used to be a dump as well. Um, Athens is is pretty cool. 
I'm going to tell you, in the East, it's not even close. I mean, Carolina, it's literally not remotely close. Carolina's got the best ballpark in the East. Um, in the league, it's Mississippi State. And Arkansas yeah. is probably a very close second. The atmosphere at Ole Miss is unbelievable. LSU, obviously, when they're good, that place is really loud. They build it that way. Um, I've been to Auburn. Um, Auburn's okay. It's a it's a neat ballpark. It's you know kind of fits with Auburn. Um, Alabama, I've not been to what they've redone out there. Um, but the old one was just kind of a chunk of concrete. Um, you know, it's interesting, like the old Sarge had as much uniqueness to it as anywhere in the league from, for the older ball. Everybody's pretty much redone theirs now, but the Sarge was really, really unique. I've been to Boshamer in, in, um, Chapel Hill. That's, uh, it's okay. It is a, it really is a wine and cheese crowd. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell y'all a fun place to go watch baseball. That's East Carolina. That place is nuts. <laughs> Never been uh, to ECU. Uh, now, so just for South Carolina baseball games, uh, I've been to Georgia. Um, I mean, I've been to last Clemson, time I, obviously. Yeah, last time I went to a Georgia-Carolina baseball game, I think was when we all went to the top of Gainesville, the strip club I was telling you guys about. Oh, um, Yeah, because the game got right. rained out anyway. But I've been to Georgia many times. Um Clemson several times, Tennessee once, uh, Vanderbilt a few times. I used to live in Nashville. Now, I've been on campus because I used to travel during the spring for work for at what, what you call Nike football training camps. And they're, they're on all these campuses all over the place. So I'd be out there working on the adjacent football fields while baseball was going on. And that was kind of cool because I, I kind of got to – from close but far away that's a u2 song by the way it's close yet far away i don't know so close before in the morning walked in for a pack of cigarettes you don't smoke don't even want to anyway um i was singing that in the car the other day sorry uh that's how my brain works but florida missouri lsu i don't know if it was the new alex box or not i'd have to look up the year that opened but there was a game going on there old miss texas a&m Auburn and Alabama. So I've actually been on campus while a baseball game is going on at a lot of these places. Florida, of course, it was the old the old stadium. But uh yeah, to watch Carolina, just Georgia, Clemson, Tennessee, and Vandy. So um t- Vanderbilt's is really uh, again, I think it's a dump, but uh it's connected to the football stadium, so it's kind of interesting because you can go see where all 35 of their fans sit, like, during the football games, like, while you're there. <laughs> oh, and the basketball arena is right there, too. The, 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 that <laughs> weird basketball arena is right there, too. I yeah. mean, it's, it's all right there. By the way, <laughs> RIP to the Vandy Whistler. He passed away last week. And um, oh. it was, it's sad. You know, it's a, the SEC has had some some strange baseball. Fa- I mean, Carolina, for the longest time, was known by Mr. Bill. He used to always mm-hmm. wear the hard hat. He's a veteran. Uh, oot, oot. And uh, Georgia had the guy who always painted the dog on top of his head, and uh, he passed away. And Vandy's got the whistler, and he's passed away. LSU's just got a bunch of drunks, but they're pretty funny. Um, yeah, there's there's great fans all over the league. Xavier says about Beamer's kids running down the hill. I saw where one Clemson fan said he hopes they broke both their effing legs. 
I saw. Yeah. Well, look, man. There's sick people in every fan base. Now there yeah. are quite a few Clemson fans on Twitter, especially that are sick, and Facebook too. Yeah. Uh, Stay classy. But th- those th- those people are called socio psychopaths. When we have, you said in the next couple of weeks we're going to have Miss Emily on, right? Shane's wife. Yeah. Sure. All right. So whenever we have Miss Emily on. Let's ask her if we can't get Hunter on here and allow him to explain himself as to why he thought. I don't know if his, his sister was with them or what, but somebody I think it was both the, of them. They both owe them apologies. Yeah, the Beamer family. We we need to get them on so we can send an apology up to Clemson and pass that through Will Vandervoort or whatever his friggin' name is, so he can get that to the leadership at Clemson. You know, we don't want to upset the apple cart up there. People so. that say that about kids, though, I just want to take a hammer and and uh, yeah. like rip it through yeah. their teeth, like oh, dude, like totally dental work, two, two thousand worth of dental work. Hope you don't choke on like your, I'm um, I'm so I'm so protective of my kids and how some people just they're just morons. I like if I ever just don't show up to the show, just understand <laughs> if I'm not dead for some reason, I'm in prison because I've probably <laughs> killed somebody for something that they either wanted to do or attempted to do to my children yeah no problem saying that. updating that halftime score arkansas 41 missouri 40 at the women's tournament uh he's, also Jason, a quote from mark mark king's mark king's yeah, today uh, he said everything's on the table as far as the weather yeah there have been preliminary discussions so there have been i i, t- I talked to somebody in the program literally right before we got on the air they're gonna try to get it in tomorrow but but here's the thing they will bang it early if they feel if they wake up tomorrow morning and they're like this because they play at one on Saturday, not like four o'clock or something. So they're going to have to be at the ballpark at between nine and 10 a.m. So they're not going to want to throw the first pitch at eight or eight thirty on Friday night, play to midnight, go home, get a couple hours of sleep and then get right back up, have team meal and get to the ballpark. You know what I mean? So, yeah, JC that says was that was a false report. That's a false report. So somebody said the guy died and he didn't die. Wow! What? What? But crack sports. I mean, I'm not calling JC out here. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying what? JC what saw, doofus yeah. would say mm-hmm. somebody died? It, it didn't die. I mean, I just, I just assume when you report somebody's <laughs> dead that they're dead. Do we really have to start looking into deaths now? I mean, well. When I worked at Rivals.com, I, I, I built this online community that's still there to this day uh, called the Main Board, where all fans just got together and talked about recruiting with each other. And there was a there was a, a fan called Super City. who was a Southern Cal fan, and all of a sudden one day it's like Super City was tragically killed in a car wreck this week or, or whatever. Blah blah blah, and people were like devastated because he was a really nice poster or member or whatever. People made little uh, avatars to put in their in their profiles, like Super City Gone, but not forgotten. They were like, man, he had a wife and kids, and they were raising money. It was before GoFundMe, thank God. Uh, turned to find out this guy had no wife, no kids, just a loser that sat in his mom's basement, mm-hmm. and uh, fake the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, wow. I banned him and his IP three different times off the entire rivals.com network. I was like, you don't do that to people, man. It's just senseless. Jeez. But looking back on it, it was very interesting. But uh, wow. 
Wow. Okay, the guy that died was a big Vandy baseball fan, and for some reason, people thought it was one of the Whistlers, but it wasn't. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin knows. Kevin lives in Murfreesboro, if I'm not mistaken. Thank you, Kevin. Good. All right, so So, Wayne brings something up. He says something about – okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Jimmy. No, no, no. I wouldn't say. You're good. Uh, I was going to – he mentioned Lenora Sellers has the look of Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to go that far yet, but – and and I'll also say this. He's – he probably Wait, has it, about 20, 20 pounds on yeah, he might Deshaun be the and a of Deshaun. couple of inches. He I mean reminds me of a bigger Dak Prescott with, with kind of the way oh. he plays. Uh, Phil, call it that now. National Championship, 25. <laughs> That's it. We're we going. Got Dak Prescott, Look, Deshaun Watson into mm-hmm. one. Lenoris Listen, Watson, Prescott, Sellers. I'm going to tell you this, though. Rattler needs to go ahead and hit the portal yeah. yep, in the spring this <laughs> year. Bring him on. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Not apologizing for that one, Will. National champs 25 with Lenora's Prescott. <laughs> says Day says there's a Gamecock fan on the Big Spur who did that recently, Black Flag. He still posts on Gamecock Central, though. Who did what? Faked his own death. Did he kill somebody? Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go ban his IP now That's right. yeah. and send him an email. Do people realize when you do that that? Like, if you actually die, it's really not that funny. Like, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, people actually die. I mean, what are you, what are you doing? Or, I mean, especially if you're a grown-ass man and you're, like, wanting sympathy so bad. Like, what kind of piece of crap are you? Like, the lowest. Jeez. Well, Clint, oh, uh, even better. I like it, Clint. Let's keep this thing going. The Beamers, yeah. they need to look in the mirror and look in the camera and apologize to Clemson for running down the hill. And we've got Elway, Marino, Prescott, and Deshaun Watson plugged all into Lenora Sellers. That's right. I mean, we're never going to lose again. This is amazing. I mean, he is. He's Montana and Young all, you know, in we one. Have, we have uh, a little, everything you a need. Little, a little chippy here lately. You know, a little confident here lately. But uh, – no, I, I'll just say this: six two two six two and a half two thirty five can throw it. Uh, who said something today about Sellers' arm? It was maybe Trey Knox, one of the one of the or Josh Simon, one of the new because he flicks his wrist and goes sixty yards. Yeah, runs four four. That's the key part for me. I'm like, there's a lot of big quarterbacks with big arms, but can they can they move now? Just because you can do it in a straight line does not necessarily mean you're elusive, you know, like like that. Deshaun Watson, to me, was elusive. You know, Prescott, too, although Prescott was a little bit more of a straight downhill runner. But, uh, <clears throat> wow. Uh, so this happened in the last two or three years. Uh, oh, well. I, I, well, I'll let it go. I, I, I thought it would be recently. Because there, there's a like a black flag 1989 970 loves to argue with me and everybody else about everything mm. uh, so I was like I hope it's him because I've been I've been wanting to <laughs> looking for a reason <laughs> so Danny Granger <laughs> is black flag okay so anyway so okay, we don't want to we'll... dox anybody let's see yeah, yeah I'm not <laughs> I mean, doxing they're so... not doxing anybody no, no no that's not him that's not mm. never mind sorry no not the right. As guy. always, we remind you if you need something, anything at all, painted. A couple of painters. Let me paint something.com. They paint our program Garnet and Black. Look at that beautiful logo. Well done, boys and girls. Well, it is well done. I cannot wait till they come paint our house because the kids and the dogs ruin it every single day. Uh, 
<laughs> Tomorrow, though, Stuart Lake will be joining us to preview the Clemson-Carolina series that hopefully will begin tomorrow night, weather permitting, at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. And breaking news from the sports-slash-entertainment world, everybody set your calendars and your clocks because around 11.45 Saturday morning, the greatest artist in the history of the universe, Eric Church, will be joining College Game Day on ESPN for their coverage of North Carolina and Duke. You all might learn something about yourselves by listening to him. With that, I am have nothing else to say. I owe no apologies to anybody in the upstate, and I certainly hope I'm not dead so I'm able to join all of you tomorrow. won't play a prank on anybody about that. Yeah. Well, I'd like happy to see birthday. him collect. Yeah, we're going to enjoy our four-year-old girl's birthday tonight. That's, That's right. Happy birthday to them and to John Bon Jovi. Oh, yeah. And to Dr. He's still living on a prayer, man. That's right. <laughs> if that. Maybe All more right. so these days. Yeah. <laughs> For JC and Phil, Lenora Sellers, you're welcome. You're the best quarterback ever invented. That's right. I'm JB. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks from the Sinorama Studios.